Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk joining you on a Friday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way. The trip to the drive-thru at Strange Brew Coffeehouse or at Churn and Spoon. I'm sorry, at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Flora. Yep, that would be weird. That wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. They do have some uh, some really good eating options in Florida, though. They do, they do. There's no question about that. But but no strange brew coffee shop there. Now, shout out you- to the uh, the Blue Rooster. Okay, never been there. Very good. What is it? Oh, uh, just you know hamburgers and stuff like that. It's it's gonna- really good. Yes, check it out. Well, wherever you are in our fine state, if you want Strange Brew Coffee, it's an easy thing. You just got to go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Anytime you go there, just place your order for shipping. It's delivered right to you. Whatever kind of coffee machine sits on your counter, they got you taken care of at Strange Brew Coffeehouse. College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find maroon and white merchandise that you can't find just anywhere else. We are getting closer every day to the start of football season. You need to be prepared with some new gear. Show up looking sharp to support the Bulldogs on September 3rd when they take on the Memphis Tigers. Two locations to Serbia in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. You can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco, Starkville's best Mexican restaurant over there on University Drive. It's Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. What does that mean? It means we take your southern favorites and turn them into Mexican classics. It's a taco like you can't have had before and you can't get anywhere else. Only at Humble Taco. Check them out. Next time you're in Starkville, you want to grab some Humble Taco. Firehouse Subs for lunch. Why not? Download the free Firehouse Subs app. Place your order. It's ready within minutes. And every time you order, you are piling up reward points to get a free sandwich on your next trip. Locations in Starkville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, Flowood and Madison. It's Firehouse Subs. We're back, baby. After after a week that you've shut me out completely of your oh, life. Enough, enough, enough of your whining. All right, you you're not having. It's like an hour of work you're not having to do. I, this isn't work for me. This is this is leisure, leisure, if you will. Very well. Since I was gone, a lot has happened. We will get all of that here. We're going to get Robbie. Robbie, who. We got to give some kudos to covered the major league baseball draft like no one else, maybe no one else in college baseball gave the amount of coverage that he did. So great job there. We got some recruiting to talk about. We'll catch up with what happened at media days. If there's anything interesting to talk about there, we're also going to catch up our countdown. Uh, we're just going to go through the game sort of quickly rapid fire. Uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll get to uh, today's game, which we'll talk a little more in depth about 
Um, but first, we got to get some frequently asked questions out of the way about the new Thunder and Lightning radio show, which is coming to Super Talk Radio uh, Wednesday, August 3rd, and then we'll air every Wednesday, 6 to 7, immediately after uh, Sports Talk Mississippi wraps up. I saw this uh, yesterday on uh, on Facebook, Robbie. I think you'll get a kick out of it. So this, the Super Talk had tweet or put a post up about the new show, right? There were three comments. One was a state fan. I'm glad this is happening. Sports Talk Mississippi is just an old Miss show. I can't even listen to it anymore. There was a USM fan. Great. Now y'all cover everything except USM, which he was immediately directed by me and about three other people to the Eagle Hour. The third which, quote, which has been a show for several years before this show. Yes, has been a show. yes. The third post was from an Ole Miss fan. Nobody cares about state anyway. So I thought that was perfect. That covered Absolute it all. Perfection. Everybody, everybody hates their. T- everybody hates the whoever's team. Yes, is that posted exactly. So that will uh, that will be happening every Wednesday, six to seven. Uh, it has no effect on this podcast whatsoever. We will still be doing this podcast. Uh, five days a week, you know, when I'm in town uh, <laughs> on, on those days. Highly uh, unlikely that it's five yes. days a week. Yes, yes. And then, you know, uh, some people are asking if it'll be available on the uh, podcast feed. It absolutely will. So if you miss the radio show, you can just pick it up wherever you get your podcast from. A lot of y'all have an unhealthy obsession with phone calls, not taking calls. We don't take calls. We don't take them on Sports Talk Mississippi. We're not going to be taking them on Thunder and Lightning. You can always reach us via the C Spire text line if, if need be. But some of y'all want to talk too much. I don't know. Get your own show if you want to talk. Well, at this, at this stage, like, you just can't trust people anymore. You can't. I have to call I, in and just be normal. Well, I have. You know, look at it like this, Robbie. I, an hour show is really like 46 minutes, right? Yeah. When you take the ad breaks out. You get a rambling caller on there for six, seven minutes who just can't make their point and just wants to keep talking. Yeah. I mean, I'm giving away like a 10% of my show to one guy. I can't, I can't have it. And another thing, you might have mentioned this, but this is Brian's show. I'm not on the show. It's, it's thunder and lightning, but it's just thunder, basically. I mean, I it's not going to be, it's not going to be Brian just talking to himself the whole time there's no. going to be interviews and things like that maybe right. uh, maybe you can invite me on one day i don't I, know i plan i definitely plan to have you on quite a bit um and then yeah you know, I, I won't be talking to myself anyway rhino will be doing the producing for this one so we'll have a, a great producer Sweet. it's gonna be a lot of fun so we know he's gonna have some good bumper music that's what we do now that's that, what we that's, do that's one thing i always knew about rhino is when he was on the bumper music was fantastic exactly so we're, we're ready to roll. So, got a lot of great support. I appreciate you guys for all that, and I'm looking forward to starting on August 3rd. Let's get into some sports. Let's start with the draft. Uh, everything I've read and everything I saw, it went about as according to plan for Mississippi State as you could have possibly drawn it up. seems to me the only you know, misstep isn't the right word, but the, the Bill Knight going to the Mariners, I don't think people were expecting that as much in the ninth round. So he won't be coming to Mississippi State. That's a big power bat that they would like to have had, but going to have to, to look elsewhere now. But other than that, Robbie, it feels like if Chris Lamonis could have drawn everything up, this is how he would have done it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. The, 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 the picture I took of 
uh, us doing the show, the cursor is squeezing your breast. <laughs> right on my nipple. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a God. nipple. Okay. Oh, <clears throat> sorry. That's so pointy. It's a good thing I wasn't thinking about. Uh, it's a good thing I wasn't thinking about Britney Spears at that exact moment. Just, or if it was that cold in there, break glass um, on those things. Anyway, anyway, back to the draft. Chris Lamonis uh, has to be happy. Yes, uh, I don't remember a draft where things worked out as perfect for Mississippi State with the recruiting class as it did. There, there's a few things there that didn't work out very well for MSU. They they really wanted Cam James to return. We don't know if that's going to happen. Um, and you wanted Bill Knight. And we'll have to see on Casey Hunt. He's, I think he's still in the, in the mix. I don't expect some of those other guys. But, that you know, it wasn't just completely 100% for MSU, but it worked out as well as you could have possibly imagined with the recruiting class. You were in – you had no chance of getting Jet Williams. Right. But for the longest, I mean, we talked about uh, – Gerangelo, Shigente, or whatever, however you say his name, we talked about not, don't even get worried about that guy. You're not going, he's not coming to school. You mm-hmm. know, we talked about the possibility of losing Bradley Lofton. We didn't feel great about him for the longest. Colby Holcomb was a big, get, was a big guy that could go. And they kept everybody outside of Jet Williams, they kept the entire class together. That was like one of the steps to rebuilding this roster next year was to make sure you get most of this class in. It's a top – it's now – after this draft, it's going to be a top five class nationally. It was number six coming in, but you have now elevated this class into the top five nationally, which you can argue it's the second best class behind LSU's. That's huge. I mean, that you have impact guys in this class that can help you win ball games next year, and that's what you're looking for. You need the transfer portal. You need some players to return. You need some players to develop. But you also needed this class to hit, and I feel like you did that with this draft. And I don't think that you can discount the job that the um, the coaches did in re-recruiting these players and making sure – because in baseball, it's, it's like nothing else. You have to recruit these players beyond them signing. You have to recruit them for several months after they sign, almost half a year after they've signed. So I think this is a job well done by um, uh, Chris Lamonis and his staff to make sure that this class stayed together. And now they're here. Now you got to get them on the field. Now these guys have to compete and, and help you next year. So one thing we heard a lot of prior to the draft was that State was going to wait out the draft in terms of some transfers. And so with that being said, we all know that Paul Skeens is still visiting schools and, and his decision will come later. Um, should Mississippi State fans be expecting to see a couple of more transfers here and there in the coming weeks? I think so. I mean, I think this is when it really heats up now because there is no draft lingering. There is no, there's no draft hovering over some of these players. And a lot of these players have been focusing on that. You know, take, for instance, I think Ethan Groff from uh, – from uh, Tulane, I think that's a guy that's probably been focusing on the draft and not so much where he's going to end up. Uh, so, and that's a player that I think that that Mississippi State could really use. You just lost Bill Knight. Um, going out there and getting a guy that can hit, you know, over three fifty like like Groff can and and field 
that would be an excellent replacement for Bill Knight. I mean, I don't think he's going to have the power numbers, but he can still hit towards the top of the lineup, possibly be a leadoff guy and a really good defender. So, you know, now that the draft is over, you got to believe that it's about to heat up for guys like that. And then you have, you know, Paul Skeens, obviously, who he's going to have a lot of teams on his uh, on his wish list, and he's already taking some visits. I think he's at Arkansas this week. Uh, you know, there's been some talk that he might go out west and visit Oregon State. So we just don't know what's going to happen with him. It looks like that that recruitment's going to linger into possibly August. But he is obviously the big piece for Mississippi State, and the difference for me. It's kind of like Isaiah Mosley. It's the difference in Mississippi State possibly getting back to the tournament and being a two seed and being a national seed. You get a guy like that, a difference maker on Friday nights that could possibly hit for you as well. I mean, he could make a humongous difference for them. What about from a pitching standpoint? Are there any names to be watching at this at this time? Because it feels like State could still use a couple of more bullpen arms, especially Casey Hunt looking like he's going to sign and be on the way out. Jackson Fristo is going to sign. And then a name that a lot of MSU fans thought might be headed to Mississippi State, Jackson Kelly, was drafted. Uh, looks like you know we find out after the fact that he was not going to come to Mississippi State, but that's somebody State was sort of looking at. What about now as far as on the mound? Well, yeah, as we mentioned, Skeens is still at the top of the list, and I think they still have a little bit of a shot to keep uh, Casey Hunt. If I was if I was putting you know odds on it, I would say the odds are the highest for him to, to stay at Mississippi State than anybody else that was drafted. Um, so, yeah, like that's – I think it's big to, to try to get him back on campus, obviously, and then Skeens as well. And then you got to start kind of filling in some of these guys that uh, can help you in, in a relief uh, fashion, whether it's long relief or, or middle relief. Not a ton of names out there right now for those guys. Um, so, I mean, it's just kind of, it's still kind of, you know, there, there's, there's so many secrets right now with Mississippi state, I feel like, and, uh, they're recruiting and everything has been kind of kept under wraps, uh, as far as this, um, uh, this transfer portal has, has gone. But one guy that I have heard about lately in the past few days is, uh, I think it's Jeron. Watts Brown, he's from Long Beach State, and uh, a guy that was weekend starter for them, and he's been getting some interest from Ole Miss and and teams like that. I think Ole Miss is one of the teams to watch for him, but I think State's going to start getting in the game for him a little bit too, based on what I understand. And uh, he could be a guy that can help you in a, in, in multiple ways uh, as a freshman, I believe freshman All American, uh, and a guy that really had a good season, uh, I thought. So, you know, that I think that would be a tremendous addition. And just looking at his, his stats real quick here on the uh, the Long Beach State page. Yeah, very impressive uh, young player for them uh, a season ago. So, yeah, that would be – that's one that, yeah, just just looking at it on paper looks like a good fit. And, and sort of last but not least, you know, some guys going undrafted. I'm, I'm surprised – I mean, I know he was a senior and he didn't have any leverage. He wasn't ever going to get a big number, but I thought R.J. Yeager had done enough in his college career to get drafted. I was very surprised by that. And then we have Luke Hancock, who it appears the window is wide open for him to return to Mississippi State and be Mississippi State's starting catcher, which, as I think we all know, 
if he's going to play at the next level, that's the position he's going to play at. He's not a first baseman, you know, by trade, not going to be an outfielder. He, he, I think some time behind the plate would be very good for him. Obviously, State has Ross Highfield coming in, the, uh, the highly touted uh, true freshman. But I think Hancock would lend a veteran presence. And he's a guy I feel like you can count on for the most part at the plate. Do you expect Luke Hancock to be behind the plate for the Bulldogs uh, in 2023? That remains to be seen. I know that he took the uh, the lack of being drafted. He took it really hard. He really thought that he could be drafted this year, and um, I th- that was something that uh, was tough on him, from what I understand. And you know, he he's I believe he's going to get married this year, and you know that this could be a situation where he just wants to to be done. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, that's that's. That's kind of the the question, I guess that he's that he's having to run through his head right now. Should I return to Mississippi State and probably get you know some good NIL deals, but you know maybe lower than what I would make in the workforce, and, and try to reach my goal goal of making it to the to the minor leagues next year as a catcher, or am I ready to just do? whatever I want to and, and kind of go through the real world. Yeah. That's probably what he's running, running through right now. I don't think anything has been decided. It certainly hasn't been announced or anything like that, but we could see a situation where he decides he just doesn't want to do this anymore. Um, or if I were we could his advisor, free agent here. If I were his advisor, I would just be like, stay in college as long as you can. Yes. Those of us in the real world would tell you we'd like to go back. Cherish it, Luke. Got to Don't you it. ever say that. <laughs> Get me in a room with Luke Hancock immediately. <laughs> All right, so from uh, baseball players heading out, let's talk about a football player coming in. All right, as we talked about on uh, on Friday's podcast, uh, it was very likely that Mississippi State was going to add a commitment on uh, over the weekend or on Monday, and that has, in fact, uh, come to be Joe Crocker now officially in the boat for Mississippi State. Love lifts up and we belong. We do it every what time. would you do if I sang out of hey. Yours is better than mine there. You should have played that for the for the, for the Cruton song. song. You know, I, here's the thing, Robbie. As you know, I don't play the Cruton song during the recording. I could go back and add a little. Don't tempt okay. you, right? Don't tempt me like that. I could do it. Um, also, it was fantastic to discover that this young man is British. Robbie, a British bulldog. <laughs> Davey boy. Day ever. We're going to start calling him Joey Boy Crocker. You know, this is crazy that we didn't know this. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure it's been written about. I'm sure Paul's written something about it. I'm sure it's been said. But I really had no idea until we started speaking on that uh, commitment video. Like, I, I, I feel kind of dumb that I, but I, that I didn't. But I'm kind of removed from recruiting a little bit. I just did not know this. And it was like a revelation when I heard it. I was like, wait, what? Did he get Had some, no did he get a professional to, to read his commitment story? I mean, what's happening? Joe Crocker commits to Mississippi State as read by Tom Hiddleston. 
<laughs> yeah, but so. I mean, I I really don't think that people truly grasp how how good a get that is. I mean, the offers are solid, man. They're really. I mean, you solid. look at the offer list. You look at his final three, and you know he I, Wisconsin obviously wanted him. I, I haven't read their board if they're saying you know he was not a take or whatever, but they brought him in on official visit. You know he's they're sending him graphics. Those t- Michigan State and Wisconsin wanted the guy, and I've, I'll continue to say if a Big Ten team of that caliber, if Iowa comes in there, if Michigan, if those teams are recruiting a player you're recruiting, you're on the right players. If you're winning those battles, you've gotten a really good player. And I think this guy's a really good get. And, you know, I mentioned that I did not know this guy was British. Mm-hmm. He f- when he came up here for a visit, we saw him at, at camp a few weeks ago. And he was I – did, I didn't recognize that, like, him any differently than I did the guys that he was with, with, you know, Jackson Cannon and Jackson LaHue or – Mm-hmm. Is that is that the dude's name, Jackson Cannon, the freshman? Yeah. Okay. Um, those guys were kind of hosting him, and he fit right in with those guys. He was just walking around like he was one of the dudes. And so it was just – he just looked like a really good fit at Mississippi State. He felt like he was at home. So I think this is a, this is a, um, a really good job by Mason Miller identifying the kid and recruiting him and winning this battle. I'm trying to find some comments here on on Joe Crocker from the Wisconsin board, but I'm just not seeing it. So I just I'll give up on that. But yeah, like like we said, the offers match to a, to a player that 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 you feel like you can trust. Not only your evaluation, but obviously other teams' evaluations. If Wisconsin and Michigan State and schools like that are evaluating this guy as a potential player for them, then you're 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 definitely on the right guy. So the state up to nine commitments now, all still consensus three stars. But Crocker strikes me as a guy who'll be an easy four star by the time this process is over. Honestly, so do uh, Ty Jones, Malik Ellis, probably the same way. And, and then we'll see about the rest of these guys. But now reading uh, the message board, it looks like in the next week or so, you expect maybe three or four more guys to add to this class. A big push is being made, it looks like, for Hattiesburg linebacker Tobias Hinton. That's a guy who's been leaning maroon for a long time. Why all of a sudden the push? Is it just time to get him in the boat? Uh, actually, I think they've been pushing him for quite some time. I, I think for the last few weeks, actually, he's been he's been uh, recruited pretty hard. So, uh, you know, this is one of those things. I mean, he's like you said, it's been kind of a a deal where he's been an MSU lean. I think he's been looking around a little bit. I think both sides are just kind of serious now about getting this done and go ahead and getting him in the boat. And I really like him. I think he's. Super athletic guy, one of those yeah. Mississippi kids that just has that raw natural ability. Yeah, and it seems like when they get here, MSU coaches are usually able to just get that out of them, and that's mm-hmm. what you hope for here. And then you know, with big dog camp, our top dog camp coming up in the next couple of weeks, you know, I think Paul or maybe Steve, one of the two, hinted at possibly three or four more commitments coming. Names I would put out there, you tell me if I'm wrong. Obviously, Chris Parson is somebody everybody is watching. Uh, and he, obviously, you want to get your your quarterback in the boat sooner rather than later. Uh, we just mentioned Tobias Hinton. Justin Brown, wide receiver from Tennessee, is a guy they feel maybe is, is getting close to making a commitment to Mississippi State. And then Zay Alexander, the big offensive lineman out of Tupelo. Uh, supposedly very tight with MSU freshman Jacarius Clayton. Those are guys that I – if you said the state's going to pick up three or four commitments in the next week or two, 
those are the four that I would throw out there. Did I miss anybody? Did I include somebody I shouldn't have? I think that sounds about right. I mean, you have a big weekend coming up next weekend to try to get Parson uh, on board. And, you know, I I just – I feel like getting him in the class now uh, gives you an opportunity to build the rest of the class because a lot of times when you get a quarterback of that caliber, a quarterback that's – he knows a lot of players um, from a lot of different states, I think that it it can really kind of – help steamroll that class and get things going for you uh, as far as his recruiting is concerned. And I think there's a lot of guys in this class that are working on him too. I I mean, it feels like that when I, when you look at some things on social media, nearly everybody who's currently in the class is sort of tweeting at him. And, and, and when they interview these guys, they're all saying, you know, I'm, I've been talking to Chris Parson, trying to get him. Aboard. Everybody realizes how important it is to get the quarterback doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Whoever the quarterback prospect that has been identified by the coaching staff, you want him in the class. That's the guy people are going to rally around. Um, and with Parson, you know, this this upcoming official visit, and it looks like it is going to be an official visit for him, is, is just huge. I feel like if he walks out and he's not committed by, by the end of the weekend, I, I you know, that would, that would be a, a red flag for me. So hopefully State can do enough to, to get him in the boat. Another name I left out, by the way, is Zachary Tillman who still somehow is not evaluated. I assume that he will be when he comes to this camp um, at the end of the month. Hopefully he can go ahead and get a star rating. But he's somebody who, again, sort of like Hinton has been, been you know, lining or been uh, sort of leaning maroon and white for quite a while. And I'll be honest with you, Hinton, Tillman, and then uh, Ty Brown uh, – I'm sorry, Ty Jones – the, uh, the, the kid out of Bay Springs, who's a fantastic athlete, that's a really good-looking linebacker class on paper, especially when you consider the linebackers you brought in a season ago. You've got a good, young core of guys. And that's, again, go back another two years, and you got Ty Cooper and John Lewis. This is the – Paul talked about it on the board, stacking classes. That's what's happening there at the linebacker position. Yeah, and, they, and you know, I think they're going to be able to stack some defensive linemen in there, too. You've got some good young defensive linemen coming through. And uh, you start adding those linebackers, that's that's the foundation of your front seven, and that's the foundation of your defense. Uh, you, if you're really good up front, you're going to be good defensively, and that's what they're doing here. Really good athletes that they're adding Yeah, uh, the last couple of years. And Mississippi's producing some really good – players at linebacker as well so i'm interested to see how this yeah i'm interested to see how this class kind of you know maps out but it looks like it's going to be a really good linebacker class for mississippi state it does it does so as we go through this next few weeks you know we should be having to get to hear the uh, recruiting song quite a bit it looks like states summer recruiting is about to pick up a little bit just in time too as you know camp is now two weeks away or i guess 10 days away or something like that now uh, before the start of the uh, the 2022 preseason camp. Anything from media days to take away for you? And I, I obviously I got to to be there. I thought the biggest thing that we got out of Mike Leach was his desire to see a new fourth quarter song uh, at Davis Wade Stadium. He's voting for Mississippi Queen. You know I have that you know that I will be supporting that endeavor. But at a football perspective, anything stand out to you? I, I didn't feel like anything, any new ground was broken. Gonna be honest with you, I didn't pay attention to hardly any of it. Very fair. I, you, you, I watched really uh, I watched Leach's press conference and then turned to the MLB draft. I mean, I, I spent no time on the on the uh, SEC media days. When you have like, I mean, it's just 
it's turned into kind of just this. It's kind of a dog and pony show. It's, it's like almost you know, you got more the, for the media people than it is for anything else. It's more. It's more like here's an here's the SEC is throwing us a bone and like here's some content in the time when there is no sports. Yeah, you know, that's just between the college. And there's so and many people in there that they they get up there and they're like, yes, uh, I'm a uh, Justin Johnson from you know the dog smells magazine like i've never even heard of these outlets you know you got the saturday down south standing up there with a shirt and tie on like guys mo- most of the stuff produced by saturday down south is stuff that's written by other people mm. and i'm not gonna dog that completely because i've i've written articles off of that stuff too like you know espn writes an article but the majority of the stuff that i see from saturday down south is a tweet or something else. I mean, it's just like, let, let's not, let's not try to church it up, Joe dirt. Okay. So anyway, that my rant about that is not going to go too deep. I just, uh, SEC media day to me is just, like you said, it's mostly for, you know, some of those other outlets. I think it's good for TV and maybe radio and stuff, but I learned absolutely nothing from it. Very fair. I'll be totally honest with you. Like I said, I thought the highlights were uh, with Leach with his seven-word seven opening statement. That's got to be some sort of new land speed record. And then, like, I, you know, just Leach being Leach. There were some funny moments here and there, but from a football perspective, what are we getting? Not, not a whole lot. Um, I placed my vote for the uh, all-SEC teams and the, uh, the predicted order finish. We'll go over those next week uh, once, once the results are in. Uh, we'll talk about, about those. All right. Let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at, excuse me, I lost, lost track of time there. The Mississippi Beef Council. Let's want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. Whatever you're uh, looking to grill out this weekend, and I'll definitely be grilling out this weekend or cooking something. Man, I'm gonna, it's going to have some beef in it. Beef, beef is going to be involved is what I'm trying to tell you. So when you go to the grocery store, when you go to the, uh, the butcher shop, you're looking for great cuts. Always look for beef. Always plenty of great stuff out there. Always great recipes, too. And if you're looking for recipes, you can always go to msbeef.org to find them. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. I have now been like two weeks without Two Brothers, Robbie. So let's just go ahead and make plans that we're going to go eat there next week. Because okay. you know, I need to. I got to get back in the groove of things. Sounds good to me. All right, so those those that's we're going to lock that that time in. When you're in Starkville, you know we're getting closer and closer to the football season. I know Two Brothers is always hopping on the weekends. Make sure you make your plans early to get Two Brothers smoked meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Looking for great business products, looking for great service. I'm telling you to look at Advantage Business Systems. Whatever kind of technology needs your business has, copiers and printers, software, uh, information systems, computers. They've got you taken care of Advantage Business Systems. And when something goes wrong, you've got somebody you can trust on the other end of that purchase. Somebody who's going to take your call and get service to you a lot of times the same day. When you're looking for something reliable, nothing more reliable than your fellow neighbors here in Mississippi. Call them at 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. All right, Robbie, let's get back into the countdown, the top 50 greatest wins in Mississippi State history. If I did the math right, and God only knows if I did, but 
we should have we should have done 41 40 39 38 37 36 we should be on 35 today if i'm correct so that's what we're going to do well, we'll i haven't we, kept up with it i'm going to be honest with you if, if i'm wrong and we're a day ahead we'll do a, gay, a show without one if we're a day behind we will do a show where we have two we'll figure it out as we get closer so what I thought we'd do is just sort of get through these first uh, five or six with just a, a comment or something, and then we'll we'll, we'll dive into where we so where we actually are supposed to be. So uh, at forty one, I have MSU twenty nine, Alabama seven from two thousand. Uh, that is the game where the Jackie Sherrill becomes Mississippi State's all time winningest head coach, uh, defeats his alma mater for the third time in four years. Totally dominates the Crimson. Well, maybe you know, State beat Alabama three, you know, three times in four years. This to me was easily the most dominating win of that. I mean, it, Alabama didn't. It, it looked like so many Mississippi State Alabama games have looked like, but it was reversed. Normally, if State doesn't look like they belong on the field. Alabama on this day, it was Alabama didn't look like they belong on the field with Mississippi State. Didn't we already do that one? No, we did uh, ninety-eight Alabama Mississippi State. Okay. But there but may have the been one. some confusion about that game that didn't make the show. <clears throat> well, now I've brought it to light. Yes. Uh, um, let's see here. What's next? Number 40. For my money, Robbie, the best atmosphere at Mississippi State ever for a non-conference game. 2009, Mississippi State 45, Jackson State 7. A historic game in terms of playing the first time one of the school's SEC schools would play one of the school's historically black colleges. And, of course, it's the start of the Dan Mullen era at Mississippi State. Got a, got a favorite memory from that game? Just getting wet. It did rain. I, I mean, remember, it, I remember the crowd was so hyped up, and we, everybody was ready to explode, and then there was a lightning delay. Like yeah. five minutes before the game was supposed to start. I remember I that. Remember, I don't yeah. remember a time, and you might, you know, you might uh, feel differently, but the – just the optimism around Mississippi State football. Huge. I mean, and it's because, you know, there was optimism around 2014 and leading up to some of those. Um, and and I'm not even talking about in the middle of 2014 when they got to number one. I'm just saying, like, looking forward to, like, seeing, like, that particular team preseason. That had to be the the most optimistic Mississippi State fans have been going into a season in a long time. And it's because, you know, there just been there'd been nothing to be excited about. And the last thing that you've been excited about during that decade was going to the Liberty Bowl and and being six and six, seven and six or whatever they were, eight and ended up being eight and five or whatever they were that year. Uh that was the most optimistic you have been. People were just so ready to be excited they were ready they were ready for something positive to happen and you had a coach that came in that was young fiery he had just you know helped lead florida to a national championship he coached him tebow he was bringing a lot of excitement with him and he told the fan base look i i cannot do this without you guys giving us some juice first you guys have got to be there you guys have got to get loud We've got to have a buy-in in this program before we start winning ball games. There has to be people already bought in, and we have not seen that before. You know, it's always kind of the, the thought process by a lot of people is, 
well, when they start winning, the fans will come. Dan Mullen said, no, we have to have you there for us to win ball games." Mm-hmm. So that first game was the largest crowd in the state of Mississippi's history, mm-hmm. I believe. And people were just juiced up. People were ready to go. And the lightning uh, delay kind of diminished it a little bit. But I don't think very many people, if anybody, left the stadium. They, they no, were no. ready to see some fireworks. And the state came out. And if you remember, I think Anthony Dixon was suspended. He was. Um, if he plays this first – he was out for two games, I think. <clears throat> no, he played, it was just the first, first game. He played in the second game. Okay. If he plays that game, then he has some monster numbers that year yeah. because he's probably putting up 150 yards rushing in that Easily. game. The other thing uh, I take I take from this game, Robbie, and, and then we'll move on, is you know we, we're coming off of four years or five years of Sylvester Kroom, just the most boring, predictable offense of all time. What was the first play of the Dan Mullen era? A double reverse pass. Now yes. it didn't. It wasn't complete, but I, I have always thought that Mullen did that as a like a a, a a a sign to the fans, like it's going to be different. You can all. I breathe. think people even cheered, like when, yeah, yeah, even when oh, it yeah, was sure. incomplete. For but sure. it was just like you know, even if it was just because you know it, it was Jackson State, that didn't really matter. The fact that they came out there and they were throwing the ball around, they had you know an offense that looked exciting. They scored forty something points. Because that, you know, those Sylvester Kroom teams were scoring, you know, 17 points. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, it was like, oh my gosh, this team is going to be the greatest offensive team in Mississippi State history. Um, it was just something about that game. Is just, it really got people excited about the future. As well, it should have. As well, it should have. All right. Uh, moving ahead to number 39, we're going to go back to the Rocky Felker era. 1989, Mississippi State 26, Southern Miss 23. Southern Miss coming off of a win over Florida State, uh, ranked number 18 in the country. Uh, Their fans were very excited to have Mississippi State in Hattiesburg for the first time in in well over a decade. But Joel Logan put a a bucket of ice on that party with his field goal there in the fourth quarter to give Mississippi State a three-point lead that they would hold on to and grab a 26-23 win uh, in 1989. That's number uh, 39 on the list. Number 38, I used to say it all the time, he was the one in 21 and one. Not Brock Lesnar, Rod Gibson. In a 22-year stretch against LSU, State was one in 21. But Rod Gibson plunges into the end zone in 1999 to give the Bulldogs a 17-16 lead and a win. Uh, Another one of those comeback wins that that season was famous for. against a really bad LSU team. It probably shouldn't have been this close. But in the end, Rod Gibson gets gives the Bulldogs the win. I don't really care what any LSU fans have to say about this game. After what LeBrandon Tofield would do the very next season, where he would fumble the ball through the end zone but be given a touchdown. Rod Gibson was in the end zone. It's a touchdown. The referee's hands are in the air. We're going with it. Yeah, if there was replay, both of those plays probably would have been negated. and mm-hmm. you know, it, But that kind of evens out. I mean – State would have won in Baton Rouge, probably. LSU probably would have won in Starville. I don't know. But uh, Rod Gibson is going to go to his grave. I've asked him like four times, Rod, it's just me and you. Like, did you actually score? Yes, I scored. Like, he, he is going if, – if he for sure knows he didn't score, he's going to go with his, to his grave saying that he did score. That's what you should do. 
That's, you know, it's sort of like uh, you're a Steelers fan, right? What was it? Franco Harris and Frenchie Fuqua will never tell you if the, uh, the immaculate reception was a legal play or not. You know, yeah. You just, you just don't get to know. Some, you got to know to know. A lot of people say that the ball bounced. Right. And, you know, the camera angle was so bad, like you, you couldn't tell. Uh, but, you know, they have a statue outside of Heinz Field where that, like, ex- exactly where he caught that ball. Mm-hmm. There's a statue right there. His his cleat marks are in the uh, concrete. Like, they they have his feet, like, where exactly where he would have called it. Pretty cool. All right, uh, where are we now? Uh, number 37, the 1998 Egg Bowl. Really, maybe this is, it's sort of interesting, right? You know that the 98 game against Arkansas is going to be higher up on this list, but State didn't clinch the West with that game. They clinched it with this one, going to Oxford and demolishing Ole Miss on their home, uh, home field, 28-6. to J.J. Johnson playing on basically a torn groin, scores two touchdowns. Uh, Desenzo Miller with a touchdown, and then late in the game, uh, Tim Nelson picks a pass off and takes it all the way back to to finish the scoring. I was in Oxford for this one, a great great amount of fun. Drank some champagne in the Grove after the game. Took a picture under the Arch of Champions because you know we we were champions that day. So why not? I've always wondered why they called that the Walk of Champions. When I mean, when was the last team that actually won a championship there? 1962 won the SEC championship, I believe. Yeah, I guess so. So, I mean, I, I just I, I don't get it. Not me either, but it, it kind of is what it is. All right. Uh, I don't have a lot to say about number uh, 36 uh, from 1907. Mississippi State 15, Ole Miss nothing. Important because it's State's first win in the Egg Bowl. So it gets yeah. on the list, right? I mean, it feels was, like it has to be on the list. That was the first game that was Ole Miss and Mississippi State, or that's the, the first, first win for State. That's not the first Egg Bowl. It's the first win, State. Yeah, because the first Egg Bowl was when, like, nineteen thirties or something. The first game with the the Egg Trophy. Yeah, was yeah in the, the late twenties, I believe. Okay, so this is the first. Yeah. I, I remember this game. I remember this game vividly in 1907. Uh, David Murray was a junior. Old Slick, uh, old Slick Johnson had a uh, had a big game there. <laughs> Tree Branch Jennings had the the. Uh, the first I wouldn't be surprised if Twig down. Branch was on that team. We need Ryan Sparks to confirm for us. So that's uh, number uh, 37. I'm sorry, number 36. And here we are today. Today's game. We're also from the 1999 season, Mississippi State 23, Kentucky 22. Another fantastic comeback. This one led by Matt Wyatt uh, and finishing with a Scott Westerfield field goal. I remember two things specifically from this game. Obviously, the comeback is one of them, but the other one is Eric Brown. Not Eric Brown, I'm sorry, Ashley Cooper. Uh, basically, uh, nearly killing Dusty Bonner on the field there with a blindside hit that just left him shaken. And he fumbled the football. It was a big part of uh, the state comeback. Again, you know, Kentucky, Kentucky early in that game, they had a tight end named James Whalen that they found a mismatch. State couldn't cover him. They, they put Smoot on him, Bean on him. They could not cover this guy. And he was killing state early on. But eventually they found a way uh, to get the win. 23-22 was the final. 
What I remember from that game, I was at that game. It was a yeah. Thursday night. Thursday night, yeah. Um, and it was on ESPN, I believe. Uh, so I'm sitting in the on the west side upper deck. My dad is notorious for leaving games early. Yeah. And he doesn't go to games at all anymore. But that year, we left the Kentucky game and the Ole Miss game early. And I don't know if it was just the fact that in 97 we went and we stayed for the entire ball game and watched Corey Peterson just completely rip everyone's hearts out in the Egg Bowl. If it was that or and he couldn't take it anymore or, or what. But, you know, like it, when it looked like State was going to lose his ball games, we just left. Like my dad just kind of just gave up. I don't know if it was that or he was just trying to get out there early. But we left that game like shortly after halftime. State was not playing well. And uh, we left that ball game and went home and, and we watched the, the kick from the house. So I've, I've missed some great moments in time. history. got to get your dad a little bit more into the, hey, let's tough it out crowd. Well, now he's just saying, I'm just going to sit on the couch and watch. There you go. There you go. So. So that's where we're caught up to. We're at the number 35 on the countdown. Uh, so to, on Monday's show, we'll hit number 34 and number 33. And we should be good after that. If we're not, like I said, we'll make an adjustment uh, as we need to. Some fun games coming up, uh, as you can imagine, on the countdown. All right. Glad to be back with Robbie. Glad to be back with you guys. Plenty of great stuff happening. Uh, we will be, happening, be happy to talk about it in the coming weeks as we get closer and closer now to the start of football season next week. We need to catch up. We'll do two SEC previews. So we'll do – I think we have Alabama to do. And we have uh, – we had an East team we were supposed to do this week. I think we were going to do Tennessee. So we'll do Tennessee and Alabama next week. We also have Alabama for our opponent preview. So we'll get somebody on. Probably our friend Michael Casagrande will join us uh, to do an opponent preview. Plus we'll have to do – Ooh, Kentucky. I think it's Kentucky as well. I'll have to double check that, but we, we, we will catch everything up next week and uh, have some good times here on Thunder and Lightning. For Robbie Falk, glad to be back with you, buddy. I, I did miss you. Well, uh, I'm sure you did. Oh, Don't you lie to these people. Don't you lie to these much. people. You just, who do, you think, do you think these people are stupid? They think you can tell us what's as far as I'm concerned, all this trash, brother. Anyway. All right, guys, talk to you later. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Adad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi. You better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.